I always I always love a, a little romance, a Star Trek romance. <laughs> a little space romance, a little space smooching. I like it. A little space smooching. <laughs> This is Ladies Night, and the feeling's right. This is Ladies Night, oh, what a, oh, what a night. You're welcome. Oh. That was beautiful. <laughs> hey, Larissa. Hi. Welcome to Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. I'm Lauren Lowen, and here with me as always is... Larissa Maestro, hi. Hello, hello. Hey, hello. Larissa, before we get started, do you just have any interesting, like, Star Trek things to share as far as, like, what you're watching or enjoying? Star Trek things to sh- I mean, I have just been putting random shit on, to be honest, to, like, comfort myself. That works. <laughs> Just like, and really just random, like not even thinking about what episode is this, just being like, I guess this is where I left off in Voyager. We're watching this now. <laughs> Aside from the track that I watched for this episode that we are doing right now, I just watched the first episode in Voyager when they have the baby Borgs. Oh, wait. Are you talking about drone or are you talking about where they... Uh, oh, the one where, oh, you mean the kids. It's the the, the kids. kids. I'm the sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Where the, the kids are in charge of this broken cube, and then they're like, give us your deflector dish. And Janeway's <laughs> like, we can't. And they're like, you have one hour to give us your deflector dish. Who are the kids in, um, oh, Sound of Music? What is that family? The Von... The Von Trapps. Is it like the Von Trapps? Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Oh my god, if only. Oh, I you know what's funny about you saying that is that I was thinking at the end of that episode where they all like go to bed in their alcoves and Seven is like <laughs> standing there. I was like she's kind of like a Borg Maria von Trapp. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, speaking, this she is really like is. an odd tie-in, but I can't remember if you told listeners about this. You were recently on a neighboring podcast uh from the same company we own this town called uh the hills are alive which is a musical movie podcast and i listened to your guest episode where you guys talked about les mis (laughs) and first of all it's a three-hour episode (laughs) (laughs) i i was like please cut it into two episodes it's too long and alex was like no (laughs) i listened to it straight though it's it's very enjoyable so uh, and it made Thank me, you. seriously, I've listened to every episode they've done since then. It's really fun. It is. And I'm not a musical person, but if you guys love Larissa, go listen to that episode she did with The Hills Are Alive uh, with We Own This Town, um, the Les Mis one. And then if you if you like the, the cut other jib, you can, you know, listen to the other ones. If there's one other thing, if there's one thing besides Star Trek that I can talk about for hours, it's Les Mis. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's probably like like eighties, nineties Broadway. <laughs> I don't. All of my interests are very strange and niche. <laughs> I feel like one day there will be a Star Trek musical, though. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna write it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that Star Trek children's music album. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Okay, things are happening <laughs> in my brain. Well, my little Star Trek news. First of all, I've been watching Deep Space Nine from the beginning instead of cherry picking. And that's been fun. I've come across some episodes that maybe normally I would just sort of skim over. But yeah, just kind of going through them. And it's been really fun. Yeah. And I'm just reminded like why I fell in love with the show. Yeah. But the. I kind of mentioned this um, about a month or two ago, but the the weird Star Trek news that I have is that my mother-in-law, who is not a Star Trek fan at all, happens to be going to the biggest Star Trek convention, which happens in Vegas. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. 
she likes to travel. And I'm like, so are you going anywhere? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to Vegas to a Star Trek convention. And I laughed because I thought she was joking. Uh. And she's like, no, my, I'm going I'm going for friends. She's a huge Trekkie fan. And uh, we're going for all three days. And we have the VIP stuff. And we're going to all the parties. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> so she's, they're doing like the whole thing like live in large and she's just like along for the ride that's just not fair and i'm just like that's crazy and she didn't even realize that or she forgot that i'm a big star trek fan and do this podcast (laughs) and so i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) you're like you know i have a star trek i know i know Um, and, but she, she's really not familiar with anyone in Star Trek except for William Shatner. So she's just like, I'm going to see William Shatner. And I was like, have fun. I hear he's kind of an ass, but have fun. (laughs) Oh yeah. Have fun. He sucks. Oh no. (laughs) Do we, I don't I haven't even looked because I know that like, I'm not ready for conventions yet. Who is going to be there? I mean, everyone, like everyone it's, it's the Vegas one. They're getting everyone back. (laughs) They even got, they even got Andrew Robinson and, um, yeah, Sadig. Ale- yeah, um, yeah. Oh, but, uh, Alexander Sadig, who is now goes by Sadig yeah. Fidel, I think. Yeah, it's such a shame I don't know that, but yeah, like them who don't do conventions yeah. as much, so they're just they're bringing everyone unless COVID obviously derails right. things. But <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <sighs> one day, one but, day uh, we're gonna go on the cruise. I know. That's I what's going to so. happen. One day we're going to actually we're do that. We're going to do the cruise. I hope we get press matches. I, I, oh I wish God. we could do it some way. Industry. Can like, we figure it discount. out? How do we do it? Right. How do we uh, help? I would love that. <laughs> Run into like Robert Picardo uh, at like the ice cream dispenser and be like, hey. oh my God. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I don't care about cruises, but I will go on that cruise. If I if I was a star, I would probably hate it. But like <laughs> as a fan, <laughs> as a fan, like the 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 thought that like you're on this boat with all your Star Trek friends. It really and, like, is 24/7. Yeah, it's you not might like see yeah. Major Kira. You know, like there's it's probably going to happen. That is yeah. exciting as a fan. I feel like yeah, if I was like if I was Gates McFadden, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> Feels like I might not ever have any privacy. <laughs> yeah, which is like good for us. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it takes a special, I mean, I'm sure they're used to it, but I feel like it's it takes a special yeah. person to agree to do the cruise. But they have cruises for everything now. They have like I know, MasterChef cruise. cruises and Keith was interested in a wrestling cruise, but you know, I think that got derailed cuz of COVID. I have a friend that played drums for the Backstreet Boys cruise. <gasps> it's not anyone I know, right? No. I mean, Do you know Joey okay. Andrews? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know he played with them. Yeah. Oh, he did the cruise. That's C. There you go. There you go. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> well, anyway, so here we are. We both have, I have tea, you have coffee, which seems appropriate given that mm-hmm. we're going to have be be having some talk about um an episode idea I've been excited about since the be- the beginning of this podcast, which is talking about Picard's ladies. Eek. Ladies. Um ladies, 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 ladies. Yes. <laughs> um so we're gonna dish about some of Picard's uh romances during <laughs> during this series. We're not gonna talk I'm sure insurrection might come up like a little blip but and we're not gonna talk about everyone but first of all Beverly I think we can agree Larissa that Beverly and Picard's relationship almost sort of transcends all the ones we're about to talk about like it's so much bigger that they need their own episode I'm gonna want to talk about it a little bit but they have to come up because she has interactions or important you know involvement with all of the romances we're gonna talk about so of course we're gonna talk about oh yes yeah, there. I mean, uh, there's a reason why so many people ship Picard and Crusher. It's because mm-hmm. it's because it's undeniable. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's very special. So it's and like, completely undeniable. Yeah. So Beverly, obviously, Bev and Picard. Um, and and I everyone knows plucked... how I feel about Bev. Everyone knows <laughs> that Bev is my favorite, and that I would spend all of my time in sickbay if I could. 
or just, just follow her around. I just follow her around. I just want to help her with her little, little cute pink algae experiments. I imagine you like kidnapping Wesley and pretending to be Wesley. You're like, hey. I mean, I've got the hair kind of. And I would, I totally wear sweaters like that. This is true. You can pull that off. I could. Um, I could do it. So the romances that I picked just to kind of uh, focus on something were three from T&G. We have The Perfect Mate, which is season five, Kamala, played by, uh, I always screw her name up. Can you say Famke Jansen. Famke Jansen, right? Mm -hmm. Did I say it right? Okay. Yes, you said it right. Um, This uh, character, just really quickly, is the reason why I frequently mispronounce Kamala Harris's name. Oh, yeah, me too. Maybe that's why. It's because of this. It's not for any other reason. It's because right. of this. Um, better known as, like, to most people, Jean Grey from the X-Men series. Mm-hmm. Um, this is her second acting role as this character. So we have that one. We have um, Nella Darren, who we've touched upon a little bit from season, is it seven? Oh, is it six? I think it's six. Okay. Uh, from the episode Lessons. And then we have um, Vash who uh, appears actually quite a few times. She's the only one who appears in more than one episode. Uh, she is from Captain's Holiday. And she comes back in DS9, too. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. We see her there. We see her in Cupid, which we sort of talked about a little bit. Um, and then uh, she comes back in Deep Space Nine with, uh, I believe, Q-less is the Deep Space Nine episode. Yes. Yeah, so um, uh, which I don't know if we're going to talk about the Deep Space Nine episode. but I don't um, think we need to. <laughs> Yeah, so those are the ones that I, I kind of picked. Um, and it may not be all of them, obviously, but I think those are the ones we could have the most fun, the fun yeah. dishing about. So yeah, I don't know if there's like a, if there's a place you want to start, like, I, I, you know, do we, do we talk about Beverly first before getting into these minor romantic relationships? Or do we just go I mean, chronologically? I, I kind of would love to start with Bev. Yeah, because let's talk I feel about like Bev. In a way, all of the, to me as a fan uh, and as someone who loves them together, I kind of see all of these characters as written as comparisons to her in a way, uh, especially Nella Darren, of mm. course. Um, but like, it, it seems like because Beverly was always such a perfect match for him that like they sort of had to use some of her positive traits some of her like her traits to build a new character from you know like the fact that Beverly is the only person on the ship who can command Picard to do something (laughs) they're the only two at really in the top tier of command on the ship so he does. He is not able to just tell her what to do. That's true. You know, and she can be like, "Sorry, you got to go on a vacation, and I'm about to order you to do it." <laughs> he needs someone who is an equal, in a way. And, and Vash does. Vash is that way because she's not in Starfleet. You know, mm, like mm, mm. she's not. He can't just <laughs> command her to do something, and she'll do it. You know, same with Kamala. But also, like, then there's the uh, intellectual aspect. Beverly is highly intelligent, very interested in things, really interested in culture, really interested in art and music. And these are all things that they share together, you know, like listening to music together, talking about random shit at breakfast. Oh, they're breakfast. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, their breakfast scenes are very rewarding. I love their breakfast scenes so much. I I also have to apologize, everyone. I watched Attached last night because I love that episode so much. And God, like every time I watch it, I'm just like, it, this episode's fucking incredible. It's touching. It's beautiful. It's really sexy, a couple times. But it's also like really just so sweet and yeah it's and, like, almost beautiful bittersweet sometimes no I know I know that what the moment there what that moment where she's like uh, when I said Jack and I I felt something what was that why didn't you ever tell me you were in love with me yes <laughs> 
Aww. It's just so it's just so wonderful. They're just such good friends. And I always as someone who has never really dated, I've always like had a relationship blossom from a strong friendship always first. I feel like that is a beautiful way for a partnership to begin is from a close friendship. Well, and that's what I was going to bring up is that, um, you know, they knew each other before they were on the Enterprise because of Beverly's husband, Jack. So they've they've been friends and they are working on the ship as friends. And, you know, they both had also a the bond of having a um, relationship with Jack Crusher, uh, who who passed away. So obviously Beverly was. Jack's wife and Picard was Jack's um, really good friend. So, you know, there's also that. So there's there's a good foundation there for them. And these actors also just have such wonderful chemistry together. Also, the backstory of when Gates was replaced Mm. in season two that Patrick Stewart fought for her to be rehired because he believed in her and that character so much. That also for me adds to just how lovely it is to see them on screen together interacting. Like it's so obvious that they really enjoy working together. You know, yeah. it's, and- it's obvious that they have a, a friendship. It's obvious that they have chemistry. I mean, it's, it's, it is that way for the whole cast of TNG. I mean, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you know that they're all like best friends with each other and they're all like, everyone's someone's god someone's ch- uh, kids godfather or godmother and they all like hang out on a regular basis and it's just like wonderful and lovely but like in particular just seeing seeing Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden on screen together quipping flirting having fun it's I just love it so much <laughs> and the show really needed that because honestly it's one of the few instances when they are having tea or discussing things that Picard does allow himself to be more more vulnerable. And if you didn't have those moments, I think there would have been something lost. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe the closest you would get to is Guinan, but there is something about how, yeah, yeah, Crusher and Picard are with each other. Yeah. I mean, I feel like most of the conversations with Guinan tend to be more serious Mm-hmm. you know and tend to be more like advice based and I feel like these scenes with Crusher are always like oh here are some people doing normal people things yeah they yeah sit and they have they're drinking some orange juice and they're just like so what did you do yesterday and that it's just it's so sweet it's so sweet and normal like the again forgive me I did just watch attached but the whole <laughs> the whole moment where Crusher realizes that the breakfasts that they've been doing are too fancy for Picard. And then he's like, oh, you don't want to do that either. And they're both <laughs> like, I guess we're just having coffee and croissant every morning. And it's, it's like, that's that's like a an actual like conversation that like partners would have, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like, the, oh, that, thank like, goodness. Oh, my God. I'm so I you really too? just wanted to have a bagel and cream cheese. And I don't want to do the whole thing like that's that's like legit and like normal and there's something sort of like sweet about them being so familiar with each other that they can have conversations like that like all of these other women we we only see the the start of a relationship we don't see the like we're comfortable with each other now and we can tell each other anything and at the beginning of relationship everyone's like very excited but it's also like not comfortable (laughs) yeah and we we do see some of that especially with Nella Darren um kind of the difficulties of them like finding their footing yeah Um, yeah 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 so like everyone I feel like everyone has to like pass the like are you as cool as Bev test (laughs) the Bev test yeah the Bev (laughs) test I really do I really feel like every single one has to pass the Bev test well and that's why it's almost like not fair to talk about Bev (laughs) yeah exactly because it's like of course of course like Bev and Picard or it's Bevan Picard. But uh, again, like she kind of pops up in each of the romantic storylines in one way or another. So yeah. we'll we'll bring her back. Definitely. And um, if you're OK, I kind of want to start with Vash. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Because she just comes first. So it's like, okay. Like, she's kind of first in the series. Um, But, okay. So I- I'm really curious to talk to you about Vash because we have had to talk about Vash when we did our crossover episode of Your Inner Child is an Idiot. Yeah. And I have definitely gotten vibes from you in other times that I think I'm more of a Vash fan than you yeah. are. I think you're right. <laughs> All right. So let's let's uh let's unpack this. Let's unpack this. What are your thoughts on Vash? Okay, I when I when I really think about it and I try to put my finger on it, it's that she seems so 90s to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an inappropriate statement. No. Uh she doesn't she seems like in a way, like Sarah Silverman in that one episode of Voyager where they go back in time and she's so 90s, you know, <laughs> except they're not time traveling. She's just there. But she's so like she just seems so 90s to me. And there's that's like the only <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. I wonder if there's something in there where I was like already shipping Bev and Jean-Luc and then she comes in and I'm like, no, well, you know, I wonder if that happened to me as a kid watching. That's what I was wondering. It's like, what was your reaction as a kid? Like, do you remember what your reaction was when you were younger? And so, yeah, you're you're kind of touching upon that, like maybe a little defensive (laughs) or protective of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I do, I I wa- I rewatched Captain's Holiday, and I get it. Of course, he likes her. Like she's beautiful, she's funny, she's a little bad, you know. She's <laughs> <laughs> but she's interesting, uh, and she's intelligent, you know. But also, but also, like I think I was just like, she's not Bev. Yeah, go wait. <laughs> get, away, get away from get away Picard, from you, you tempest. Yeah. And I um, love that she's she challenges him all the time. It, there's so many moments of her being like, we're not on a ship right now, and I'm not in Starfleet. Yeah. What are you yeah. going to do about it? You're so used to being in control all the time. The fact that she's like out of that element is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember as a kid responding positively to her. It's so funny that you mentioned she's very 90s because one of the kind of the notes I have in my head is that she she reminds me a lot of Marion from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, Not in the fact where she's like kind of got some spunk, you know, she's a little spitfire, a little firecracker and Mm -hmm. very independent and very much um, is going to do what she wants to do. Marion from Indiana Jones isn't as uh, conniving or you know what I mean? Yeah, um, that reminds me more. There, it's funny because in the the nineties and the eighties, especially, and even older, like the James Bond, kind yeah. of, there was always like one female character that was, you know, kind of like a romantic interest, but at the end of the day, like they couldn't be trusted. And yeah. in fact, they even reference that in Deep Space Nine with um, our man Bashir and that mm. James Bond holodeck episode yep. because that's what Nana Visitor's character is. She's yeah, like the yeah. KGB Russian uh, yeah, yeah, agent yeah. who has kind of a relationship and sexual attraction to Bashir's James Bond. But at the end of the day, it's like she could turn on you in a second. Yeah, so yeah. you, it's there is something about Vash's character being this kind of adventurer and highly educated where it does feel very like a 90s trope in that way yeah but I I do like the fact that she's challenging um I don't Mm -hmm. know if you remember in like the very I think it's the first season but it might be the second one of TNG but there's just that that episode where Picard's like an ex-lover and she's a French woman and he's like going into the cafe in the holodeck and being like I was supposed to meet her here but instead I and she's just like generic beautiful French woman yeah. And and it's like she she just like has no character. It's just yeah. like I'm pretty. Yeah, um, you're like her? So Vash her? is like very that's, refreshing that's to me after that. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. And I also like there are some things that I like about that trope and there are some things that I don't. And one of the things I like about that trope is that the woman is always intelligent. 
The thing I don't like about that trope is that she is always an asshole. <laughs> yeah, or it's like you know, you or have selfish. To be, like you have to be on your toes around an intelligent woman because she's gonna right. go like backstab you or lie to you or trick you. Right, like, right. You're right. That that can be a very um, fine line to walk. Yeah, that she's she's using her intelligence to manipulate manipulate you, which is what she does in this episode in Captain's Holiday. I mean, yeah. that when she's like she she's already been there. She's playing a long game. She's She's lying to everyone. I mean, it's it, it's very fun. And basically, she's she's like allowing Picard to like live out a Dixon Hill fantasy in real life. Ooh, I love that. You know, where he's like trying to figure out the mystery and it's an adventure, you know. I mean, this is what he does in the holodeck. He like... <laughs> True. He like goes trying to trying to solve a mystery and there's a femme fatale in there and you know, all that all that shit. And he loves it. I think one thing that does kind of help their relationship and it's just interesting because we don't get a lot of it in TNG is the continuation of their relationship when she comes back to and she's on the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that they ran with the fact, like you said, they met on Ryza and outside of the ship. And now that they're on the ship and he's playing captain or <laughs> playing captain again, the fact that he's <laughs> in that role and she realizes, oh, my gosh, like we did have this grand adventure and nobody knows about me. Um, yeah. I thought that was used in a really interesting way to not only, again, put Picard in a place where he had to be vulnerable, but it, mm -hmm. it also shows that her feelings are hurt. So it. Yeah. It kind of rounds her out a little bit more from that kind of uh, generic role like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. they just have like some some kind of fun with their dynamics. That's the one where she's they go into Sherwood Forest and yeah. she's made Marion. But this character as made Marion is going off script and is very yeah. independent. So she keeps kind of throwing Q through a loop. Yeah. She's manipulating people to get herself out of yeah. this awful situation, which is. I mean, her survival instinct, that's her yes. survival instinct is like, I have to. And like, as a woman, I relate to that. Like, I relate to like, we we kind of like have to do whatever we need to do to be able to survive in our respective businesses in in life, you know, like we're just, that's how it is. Like there's some, there's part of me that like sees that part of Bosch and is like, girl, I get it. I get it. I'm with you. I understand. There's also part of me that's like, I want us to not have to do that anymore in 300 years, 400 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, uh, that would be cool. But, but also like I'm, it, it was really fun to see quote unquote made Marion kicking people's asses and also like fucking with everyone's. Yeah. Just kind of flip so the script. Get, yeah. So she could get the fuck out of there. Where she's like, I can take care of myself. Why are you com you're coming to save me? Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> I was literally I, fine. I also I had really it all appreciate the out. fact that, you know, she's she's the one out of these three uh, minor relationships that kind of come through TNG. Uh, Jennifer Hetrick, I think that's how you pronounce her name, plays yeah. her. And she's a very attractive woman. She's gorgeous. But, but I will say this, like, I Her think one thing so I really nice. respect of the casting of, okay, so, so Kamala is Famke Jensen, who's like literally a model. Like, that's what she did. She's supposed to be gorgeous. But, um, you mm -hmm. know, Nella Darren and Vash are played by actors who I think have a very accessible, realistic beauty. Like, to me, when I see these women, it's, I could see them in real life with Picard when it comes to... You know, like they're age appropriate yeah. and like and you look like my friend Josh's mom. <laughs> you know, like that's the, I feel like that was my, <laughs> with with Bash specifically. I feel like I was like, you look like my friend's mom. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so so obviously relatable. Normal. There's something very real to them and the way they look, which I, I think. You know, and, and again, like talking about the late 80s or the 90s, uh, and, or just going back to what I was talking about, that one French woman who's a past lover. And it's it's just like, I'm generic French bombshell. And mm -hmm. uh, Vash just feels not only capable and intelligent and sexy, but I just feel like uh, Jennifer Hedrick brought like a realness to her, which was really fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about Philippa Lavoie. 
Ah, oh yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like that's like, that's one that doesn't quite make this episode, but yeah. Yeah, because you don't you don't see them smooching or anything, but there's definitely something there. And she's she fits that same like compared to Bev category where she's like giving Picard shit. Yeah. And, you know, and flirting with him, but also like not letting him off the hook for anything. And <laughs> and she also has some power over him because she's not under his command. Mm. You know, so like all of these it seems like they had a checklist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I think they uh, had a checklist. Are you ready to click over to Nella Darren? Yes, I am. Okay. I know. I kind of feel like, tell me if I'm wrong. I kind of feel like if Picard couldn't be with Crusher, you would want him to end up with Nella Darren. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> let, let the record show that is correct. Yep. And I, I wonder sometimes if it's because she is sort of the closest, uh, the, the closest to Beverly in a lot of ways. She's a science officer. She's in Starfleet, you know, a redhead like she's, she's got red hair. She also has red hair. <laughs> oh, God. It's very true. But I mean, all of all of those things, like we talked about uh, in our music therapy episode with my sister, the music aspect is one of the big ones for me. The the fact that like that's something that they share, that's a form of communication that they share that mm-hmm. he does not have with literally anyone else. Like he never even he's he never even plays music with data. Yeah. He never plays with anyone. He attends everyone's recitals and he <laughs> listens to he listens to classical music in his quarters, but he never plays music with any of his friends on the crew. Like this is the first time that we see him do that. Uh, if you want to hear us talk like in depth about that whole thing, our episode on music therapy that we did as part of the Idic Podcast Festival is up. There are a lot of like fun moments with, you know, well, I wouldn't say fun. There are a lot of like intense, like beautiful moments where we we talk about that with my sister. Very cool. But like Nella Darren, she also like was written, I think. And this is just my opinion. I don't have any evidence to back this up, but it seems to me that she was written in a way for the writers to be like, look, this is why you can't have Crusher and Picard Hmm. because of this happening, because they're coworkers, because like it would be too hard. Yeah. You know? And I think that's one of the reasons why when I look at that, I'm like, but let them have it (laughs) (laughs) well and this might be a good point to bring up i've brought it up in a past episode but there is a reason why beverly and picard were never allowed to really become a thing and that's because they needed picard to stay single for the tng movies so basically just for a niche because that's the only relationship that he has in the movies only an issue in insurrection, but uh, like he didn't. Yeah. He and Lily weren't a thing. They were, you know, like they didn't exactly. write any romantic. I wonder why they didn't write any romantic tension for him and Lily. Sorry, that's. No. that's I mean, uh, yeah, but like they didn't. That's the only one, you know. There's no. <laughs> yeah. Really hey, side gonna... note: we can edit this out. But I'm... I will say that speaking of the '90s, one thing that is like very '90s about Deep Space Nine and. I remember like observing this the first time around, but now it's like, oh, it's it's so obvious. But it's kind of a shame that Jake and Benjamin Sisko, whenever they have any romantic interests, maybe not every time in case I'm forgetting something. But no, most it's of every the time, time it's like, oh, it has to be a black actor or somebody yeah. of a certain skin color where they could yeah. pass as black. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's yeah, ooh, that reminds me in the 90s. You couldn't have. You know, sometimes it got yep. away with it because it was like an alien. Um, yeah, but it's you, okay if it's an you alien. Remember how it was back then? Like back then, you couldn't even yep. see a serial commercial with yep. an interracial, you know, couples. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I'm just like, Alfre Woodard and Patrick Stewart, like making out. Yes, <laughs> just full on making out. Just like hell yeah, they're both like incredible actors. They're both like top tier kind of actors and I'm just like why didn't you like I would have preferred that to like the basically 
I felt like a niche in uh, insurrection was like the amalgam of like all of his past girlfriends. Right. <laughs> just like just taking like, different lumps of Play-Doh and right. sticking them together. Exactly. It was like, <laughs> like when you were a kid she's and ancient you just got that, like, and she's a multicolored mess exactly. Play-Doh ball. Exactly. Yeah. She was the she's like the suicide. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the the suicide cream. soda of ah. all of the all of the past ones. She's fascinating and she's mysterious and she's in intelligent and she's also ancient <laughs> age yeah talk about age appropriate no but also she's like brunette with like flowy hair you know like all of the it's just yeah all yeah fucking things um, i will say why, though like, oh sorry that's why I, I like, was... seeing her with uh, him with alfred woodard would have been like, although i'm guessing like the character of lily was written before casting but mm-hmm. at the same time i think that, you know, people also probably had complaints about why does everyone have to be a romantic interest? Like, can't you just have a man and a woman work together and respect one another? And so that is that is nice to see with him and Lily. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, sure. I'm just. But, I'm just but like, I understand why didn't your you point. Let, why didn't you let the why didn't you let Picard and Crusher have a thing then in the series? If you were just going to have maybe this one like totally inconsequential, not anyone's favorite semi romance. Yeah. <laughs> Where also there's like there are scenes with like skin grafting. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I was talking so Yeah. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> Disgusting. But uh anyways, going back, yeah, so Nella Darren, I again, uh let's see, the actress is Wendy Wendy Hughes. Uh, again, like a great actor does a great job with the role and I think she has a very elegant but real world beauty. Yes. Like this is somebody, this is someone I could really see with Picard. Yeah. yeah. I think also she looks a lot like Gates McFadden. Well, that <laughs> <laughs> they have a, you know, we really haven't talked about, we forgot to talk about Bev's interaction with Vash, but you know, she has like kind of a role in each episode with Vash. It's great because you know, Vash is at the breakfast with Picard. We're just talking about how Bev and Picard always have these breakfast scenes. And she comes in wearing a great sweater, as always, and mm-hmm. sees Vash One of there, her, her off-the-shoulder sweaters. Like, yes. I, Bev, all great. of your off-the-shoulder sweaters. Great all of color them are blue. fantastic. Yes, they're great. Um, but instead of it being this, like, confrontational catty thing, Beverly's like, oh, who are you? And she realizes that she and Vash can like team up and compare notes. And she takes Ooh. she takes Vash on a tour of the ship. So I love the fact that usually when Beverly cross paths with these women, it's not it, it isn't like a catty thing again. It's always something that's very interesting. And again, being in the 80s and the 90s, it could have easily gone that route of Beverly. Oh, being like, I'm jealous. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I love them. I absolutely love them TV teaming up to tease Picard together. Yeah. That it's adorable. I will also say that like, this is another example of like very mature evolved relationships between men and women that we see on TNG. Uh, the other one being Deanna and Will. When they finally got that right. We've definitely mentioned that. Yeah. Some of the earlier they, episodes. They always make, but they always made, Will the jealous one, not Deanna. Well, it was that, always that, it was always Will being like, but who got you pregnant? It's none of your fucking <laughs> business. It's none of your fucking business. Just be there for your friend, okay? Shut the fuck up, Will. Yeah. They got um, there eventually. <laughs> they did. They got there eventually. But then Beverly's uh, reactions to and relationships with Picard's love interests are always very evolved and mature. She is yes. never, never one time is she like, Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking you up and down and I don't know about you. It's always like, oh, hey, if Picard likes you, you were probably cool. So I'm interested in getting to know you. Like it's it's her showing not only showing respect for the woman that he's seeing, but her showing respect for Picard as well, because she knows that he's got good taste in people, you know? Yeah. And let's be honest. Beverly has her share of romances as well. Yes, she does. I don't know about her taste as much as Picard's taste, <laughs> Will especially there be? considering the a- the ghost alien. 
Yes, and the host. Um, it's like, will there be an episode of Beverly Crusher's romances? <laughs> is there a reason? I'm thinking right now, I don't know if this is the thing, but like most of her romances, the men have very flowy long hair. <laughs> Hence the 90s as well. Yes, you're right. Yes, but it's like the opposite of Patrick Stewart's head is Did a it- man <laughs> with like, I didn't even think about that. They have to have lots of hair, obviously. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's, it's symbolic. <laughs> I fucking love that. It's like, oh, but Beverly can't be with Picard because she loves men with flowing long hair. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but Nella Darren might be the, I don't think, they still don't cross that line where Beverly gets jealous, but she does have a moment yeah. of surprise where she's helping Nella Darren with like an elbow injury or something. And yeah, because she's been Nella playing Dara too much piano. brings up like, oh, I'd have to cancel my duet. And she's like, oh, are you playing with the captain? And so she's still very respectful and interested, just like yeah. anybody might be interested in their friend dating someone. But that I feel like that's the closest they ever get to Beverly showing a, even a, the slightest tinge of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think because she's surprised that Picard is sharing this intimate thing with anyone. True, not, true. It's it's not I don't think it's that specifically he's sharing it with someone he's in a relationship with. I think it's I think she's like legit like he's never even like like I just said, I think she's legit like he's never even played music with data. <laughs> what is happening? Like how how did you get him to I think she's more like, how did you get him to do it? Yeah, yeah, you exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, it is like, more. Like, what did um, you do? That, like, the rest that... of the crew is very aware of it as well. Yes, yes, and like Deanna being like, "We all know, and we all yeah, go for it." <laughs> yeah, are you asking we... for my permission? <laughs> yeah, it's that. That is so sweet. That you know, I love a good friend moment. So many good friend moments. Good friend moments with with Bev being like, "I like your girlfriend. We're gonna hang out now and make fun of mm-hmm. you together." Like, that's a good friend moment. Does Picard and Nella Darren have a breakfast scene as well? No, they have like a we're drinking port scene, you know, like <laughs> with tiny little glasses. I do like <laughs> how she, port. her tea scene, like their little run in when he first meets her. Yeah, that's cute. And he's like, well, what did you have to do to stop the captain from having his cup of Earl Grey? And. She yeah. says, oh, no wonder you're up. Here, try yeah. this. Um, meet cute. But there they is have sort a really of good a confidence and authority that she does it with that seems yeah. very fitting. There's there's a lot of good, like, banter, you know, yes. between between him and, and her. I mean, he has really good meet cutes with, yeah. with Vash and with Nella Darren. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, for those of you who are young, in the 90s, we loved a meet cute. <laughs> we loved... To always make sure that there was a meet cute first so that we could set up that we were going to love these two people together and then be sad when they couldn't be together. Yeah. And it was when they meet and it was cute. And it was cute. (laughs) (laughs) When they meet and and she's like, oh, it's been a long time since I've seen you. Smooch. Right away. (laughs) Immediate smooch. All right. Are we so do we have any other thoughts about Nella Darren? I mean, I just I just I love her. Mm hmm. I, she's I she's love like Beverly Light. <laughs> she is like Beverly Light. Yeah. Because she's got she's got the same sort of like scientific drive. She's interested in learning more about the world around her. That's something she's passionate about. She's really interested in art and music. Also, I love this actress. This was something that I was I was like I said in our music therapy episode, I would have loved to have had Wendy Hughes back in Picard. Unfortunately, she passed away in oh, 2014. Did she? she did. So that's not something that is possible, which is a huge bummer. Um, hmm. In which case, bring fucking Gates back, please, and let us have the thing we want. I, Where yeah. is Gates? Where's Gates? Croissants. We croissants. need <laughs> Coffee and croissants. I know, I know. I was thinking about that where Picard, you kind of hope they bring some of this back because you realize how much it brought again to the the characters. Um, But yeah, I was even going to say like Nella Darren, even if you just found out they were like 
kind of friendly or something throughout the years. And oh, that's sad right? to hear that she passed away. Um, I, know. I mean, they could always yeah. recast her. They recasted several people in that show. Yeah, um, I feel like this one would be harder to recast. Yeah, yeah, it would this be hard. Such like, like a, if, yeah, and you barely, you barely uh, see Bruce Maddox in Picard. You barely see Echeb in Picard. Yeah. So, like, it, I, I see why they felt like it was okay to recast those parts. But like, she's like, like if she's gonna be in there, she's gonna be in there, and it would be really hard. I think it would be hard to recast her. I think so too. And I think like Maddox, the guy is still alive, but he just doesn't act like he yeah. has two acting credits and I'm pretty sure he just doesn't act anymore. Not hundred yeah. percent sure. So don't quote me on that, but I wouldn't have been surprised yeah. if they tried to reach out and be like, do you want to do this again? Or yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, apparently the, the kid that, that each of, I forget what, what his yes. name is, but he's like a little bit, uh, we talked about it. Yeah. Like maybe a little, uh, yeah. A little scary. <laughs> yeah and he yeah that wasn't him if listeners yeah. if you're curious but yeah we talk about it during one of our uh picard episodes yeah we're like nah. uh yeah. so nella darren boom sanctioned by larissa and that leaves kamala kamala from the perfect mate where yeah. she is a alien female empath um who is going to be given as a gift to a diplomat between two species who are doing a peace treaty. And yeah. so per their, their long lore and customs, it's, it's sort of a, a gesture of friendship um, that they will, they will give her to the, the diplomat because it harkens back to sort of like a Helen of Troy story almost. And yeah. And she, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where, Obviously, we want to focus on the relationship between her and Picard, but I feel like this is the one where you kind of have to talk a little bit more about the episode. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. (laughs) So, yeah, where do we even start with this? Because obviously it kind of, and what I love, by the way, sorry to skip ahead, but Bev's moment in this episode is great because she, Mm. like you said, just calls Picard out and it's like, she's basically, this is prostitution. Yeah. Um, and and they don't they don't, you know, sidestep around that word. She just says prostitution. Yeah. Yeah. And Picard is kind of like, well, arranged marriages have been part of long history and prime directive. And she kind of, you know, pushes back on that. Yeah. She's basically like, fuck the prime directive. <laughs> I love when Bev is like, fuck the prime directive. This is wrong. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite kind of Bev. Yeah. That she she is very vocal about how she feels about this. And it's because she feels empathy for Kamala. It's it's not like she's like, Picard, you're getting involved with a prostitute. She's like, this woman deserves better than this. Yeah. I love that. So like we have to, we do have to talk a little bit about like this episode. It came out in 1992. I think they were trying to have some sort of conversation about prostitution with this episode. But I don't think it was very successful. And like the story itself is like, huh? You know what I mean? <laughs> huh? Yeah, you know, it, it's, to it's me, uh, people as property. It goes into yeah. arranged marriages and. But also like a woman having to sacrifice herself and her happiness for the, the greater good. You know, uh, or for, just a man. Yeah, for a yeah, yeah, for a man, but like potentially to like stop a war, you know. Yes, like, it's like how about they just don't do a war? Like, why do they need like why do they need this woman to be in service to this dude? And that's the only way that there's not going to be a war. Like, like how come dude can just can't just be like okay, well we won't do a war. Uh. Well, it's it's meant to be kind of a symbolic. Thing, but then you find out that the receiver, the other guy, doesn't even really give a shit. Yes. So Which it's like it you even think less there would sense. be something about where Picard's like, "Oh, you don't, you don't care." Okay. Well, can she go on her own merry way then? <laughs> yeah. It 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 feels like there's almost advocacy for her, but then there's not. Like yeah, there it that it's almost there, but it's but then it's not. 
It's kind of like author author from Voyager. We were talking yeah. about how they sort of introduce the AI rights, but they don't they they, they don't just kind of dip there. their toes in it, but they don't go full force. Yeah. And... Yeah. But then they're like, we're not going to say you're a person. <laughs> <laughs> or he's like, you know? I'm feeling oppressed. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Um, I mean, I think really the reason to watch this episode is the chemistry between Famke Jansen and Patrick Stewart. That's that is the the reason because their chemistry is like so fucking excellent. Did it's, you know this is like uh, her second acting role? But I was reading up on it and she was really she was trying to get the hang of English. So I I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I right. She's. I mean, she's excellent. We all know this at this point, right? She's. We all know that she's an excellent actress, that she's gorgeous and intelligent and really good at her job. Which you know, she has to be this for now. this role because she's literally yeah. supposed to be the perfect mate. So, of course, yes. she has to be stunning. Yes. Um, but also, like, I, I love... Because obviously I saw this episode before X-Men. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, it's fun to like go back and be like, oh, look, look, it, <laughs> look at, look, that's so cute. Look at them. Um, but like, it's also interesting to be like, wow, they have like really, really, they have like electrical chemistry. And to like see that with, to, to see that now, now after having seen them in X-Men where it's very mm. much like a mentor mentee or like father daughter almost relationship. It's, it's a little weird. <laughs> exactly. No, that's very true. Yeah. It's it's kind of like ridiculous how intense their chemistry is in this episode. Yeah. And this is one where she's not only a gift, but she's a, this sort of special empath where she can read men's desires and then um, basically respond to them and become the perfect mate, hence the title yeah. of the episode. For those people. So she kind of changes throughout the episode depending who she runs into. And when she runs into Picard, like Picard's dilemma is that she's she's becoming this woman that he's he's finding himself attracted to her. Not only because of these abilities, but because of the time they have to spend together. Because it turns out he has to um, step in and go through with this treaty um, so she's helping him get prepared for it. Yeah. Aww, and he's trying to so resist cute. her, but ultimately they they connect and, and at yeah. the, at, there's supposed to be a point where she sort of uh, imprints on one man particularly and she ends up imprinting with Picard, but is still like, don't worry, I'll marry this guy and he'll never yeah. know. <laughs> but there is sort of like a glimmer of that being potentially her choice that she chooses to imprint on him. Like she could have chosen to not be near him and to not, and to like figure out another way for that stuff to get prepared properly. But she, she says, what, what part is that? I, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she says something uh, along the lines of like, it's a big deal for me to say that I like myself ah. when I'm with you. Yeah. You know? So she, she like, that that's the reciprocal part of it, I think, is that she she knows that she has this ability to be whoever uh, her partner or whoever. Um, yeah, whoever her partner wants her to be. But that might not necessarily be someone that she likes, you know, and when she's with True. when she's imprinting on Picard, she's like, I like I like like being cute and drinking tea and like talking about literature and like, you know, talking about. Shakespeare. whatever like Shakespeare and, and shit well, like that's that that is who I want that's who I want to be is, yeah although it is yeah. kind of problematic that at the end it's like I need a man to tell me who I am yeah oh yeah oh of yeah. course <laughs> which of course you know but it's one of those things where like I yeah. would describe the best I can describe this episode in the relationship is cute and that's it like it's cute yeah. it's a problematic episode but it's sexy it is cute it's problematic <laughs> oh god yeah but I, I, watching it again i was like oh i, I know think, uh, first of all okay let me talk about the dress because this has to be oh. one of the best like outfits that we see in tng and, and star trek are iconic but it's this so beautiful, beautiful dress that she wears not so much the wedding dress 
uh, for me, but this like gauzy, yeah. purpley, mauvey nude uh, dress. And I was reading about it because it's it's in my little Star Trek costume book. It's in your book. Um, oh, yay. And I I love it because it's elegant, but it does feel like it's otherworldly. It's just kind mm-hmm. of a wonderful costume design moment. But what's shocking is that they said she got casted at 530 that day in the afternoon or, you know, in the evening. 530, she's casted. Boom. 630, they have her in wardrobe. They take measurements. She goes home and to sleep and start shooting. They made that dress overnight. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like it's like an episode of Project Runway where you just expect that like, is Tim, like Project Runway. Yeah, like Tim Gunn's gonna walk in and be like, "Make it work!" Make it work. And they're <laughs> staying up all night, and yeah. yeah, so they just like whip that out, and yeah, but it's just it's it, so it's beautiful, so beautiful, and so um, like elegant, you know? Yes. It you're that's totally it's totally true. I mean, I so I feel like I can. I can watch this episode and enjoy certain aspects of it quite a bit and also be like, this episode's fucking fucked up. I, I can also, cause, cause not only that, there's also like the reason she's, she emerges too soon is because Ferengi go in and knock her over. Cause they're looking for this sexy lady that they want to kill, <laughs> you know? So, and, and one of them is Max Grodenchik. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, AKA Rom future rom there's so there's like the you know pre ds9 ferengi sort of like yikes yeah (laughs) and then there's the the like misogyny and the you know all that all that stuff like written into the the story but like all of the costume design what later became uh Mm. the the trill yeah, what later became the trill uh, design with the spots, her hair, the <laughs> the interactions between her and Picard, the like the gazes and the like, you know, all of that stuff is like amazing. She is incredible. Um, even that part where she like growls at Worf. Is oh, like, I know. I love oh that. Oh, my God. That's hot. It's kind of hot. If you're going to see one scene, I feel like the the 10 forward one where like the the guys are trying to get rid of Data, who's sort of the chaperone because yep. he's the only one not affected by her abilities. Yep. Um, yep. And then just I, the, the play. Yeah. She yeah, has yeah, back yeah. and forth. I do wish that it wasn't. I mean, of course, this is 1992, so it wasn't going to happen. But I do wish that it was like everyone you know, and not oh. just men. <laughs> you know, I wish it was just like all of everyone was just like, holy shit, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, or everyone attracted to women, you know, <laughs> like, ev- like, so that there were women too that were just like, oh my god, what yeah, just like-, like in awe of her, like, yeah, yeah, that like it, uh. it wasn't just a, I mean, it, it is very heteronormative, right? Yeah. Um, the, it, it's interesting because there is that episode with Loxana where she's affecting everyone. We were just talking yep, about that because yeah, I forgot about this episode. But she's basically going through this, you, you know, she has this virus or something, but her, her abilities are malfunctioning and she's just causing everyone to be like infatuated with other people. Yeah. Um, everyone's just really horny. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you're right. It could be something like that for this. It's it's just very, very uh clear and obvious how uh binary the thinking yeah is at this point in in popular culture in the in the cultural zeitgeist like that it's there wasn't space on television that was created for uh people who are attracted to people of the same sex or people of multiple sexes and genders so it's like it would that would be cool that i would love that (laughs) i would have loved i would have loved to have seen like just like everybody just coming for her in 10 forward and just being like, hi, hi, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just sort of um, infatuated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then everyone again, everyone's like, I'm going, I'll be, I'll be in holodeck too. Oh, yeah. I'll be in holodeck four. <laughs> holodeck four is very, very busy. And messy. Four. Yeah. See you in holodeck four. Uh, she was yeah. offered the role of Dax. I just want to squeeze that in though. But... Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I realize it's funny because she has the first appearance of what would become the trill markings, the spots. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was actually offered the the role of Jazia Dax on Deep Space Nine and turned it down. She didn't want to do something with such a huge commitment. But that, yeah. that is kind of a, a a funny coincidence. Yeah. I mean, I I like it. I think Terry Farrell 
was a better choice. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, I'm just noticing that The Perfect Mate aired on my ninth birthday. Hey, all right. Original <laughs> air date, April 27th, 1992. <laughs> the day I turned nine. I have no idea what I was doing that day. No idea. Well, I want to say about this episode, I was thinking about it. I, I feel like even though it was more about um, leaning into, you know, they mentioned prostitution, more like arranged marriages, but I think of a little tinkering, if they were going to do something like that now, it would be less about that and more about sex workers and people who yeah. choose to, uh, and mind you, like there's plenty of sex workers who do stuff that doesn't involve actual sex, so, or penetration, yeah. so. Just, just just in case. You know. Yeah. But but you know, there's been like an interesting conversation as a society where we're talking about people who choose to, you know, be exotic dancers or be like webcam people or other, you know, other things and saying like mm-hmm. I I choose to do this and I do like her opening scene where when she comes out of the glowing egg, uh Kamala <laughs> is so egg. matter of fact she's like Hey, this is the deal. This is what I want to do. And and of course, they bring up the fact that she's been raised since she was like four right. to, to think this is what she has to do. So yeah. that's problematic. And specifically, but, Beverly is the one that brings yes. this up. She's like, yeah, she's be- been indoctrinated into this role. Like she exactly. never had a choice. They they started her on this when she was a baby. Like, yeah. Like, of course, of course, this is what she thinks she needs to do. Yeah. But if they redid the script, it could be a really interesting thing where they had a character who wants to, I don't know what, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be this exact script, but you know, the fact that it's like, no, this is what I choose to do, you know, and make it more about that. Um, Cause there is still like discrimination against people who decide to, to go into a certain, you know, and then yeah. well, sorry, getting I mean, tongue tied. So, so what you're talking about is kind of like Marina Baccarin's character in Firefly. I guess so. It's been a long time since I watched that. Yeah. But they call her a companion okay. on the show. And her that's her her job is companionship, whether that means like sexual stuff or not sexual stuff, just just like yeah. being that's near true. Someone, I completely being forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's I feel like they would twist it to be like some people choose to do certain things that maybe society as a whole is like, ooh, that's taboo and we need to be more respectful and um, understanding. Yeah. We're not here to talk about Firefly, but that does seem like in, in the sci-fi genre, that does seem like uh, a thing. The, the next step that, that was taken yeah, with yeah, this like kind issue. of character trope was Inara Sarah from Firefly. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I do love, I do love Firefly. Even, I, mean, I, I was we wondering can, if we can you all wanted... say, fuck you, Joss Whedon. We, I still like, <laughs> fuck you. Like literally fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, but that's I, true. I forgot I, But about I do that. love I do love Firefly. I do. I do love it. I was wondering if you wanted to do a quick uh fuck Mary Kill with these three oh. characters. <laughs> uh maybe from Picard's <laughs> point of view. Like if we're talking about what Picard should do, who we would pick for him for the <laughs> very right. Oh my Mary, god. Mary fuck kill. This is um, so hard. Well, okay. I think we can agree. He should marry. Oh, it's not Beverly. We're just doing Nella, Dara, and Vash, and you admit, he's got to marry yeah. Nella. He so would, he's he got to marry Nella, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's you marry Nella, you fuck Kamala, and you kill Vash. <laughs> okay, I thought that too. Right. Except I was thinking, I still feel like Picard, even though he, I mean, he pretty much isn't it suggested he sleeps with her. Kamala. Oh yeah, he no he yeah. I mean yeah. I, I still feel like part of him would feel really weird about the whole like space magic bonding. So even though it's like obviously anybody would choose to to sleep with Kamala, I still feel like part of him would feel very like oh I don't know about this. This feels wrong. And yeah. so it's like well maybe we, he should kill Kamala and he should sleep with Ash. <laughs> That's the only thing is I can still see Picard having a really hard time like letting uh. himself go. With Kamala because he knows uh, all that stuff. I think he would uh, yeah. find it just a little icky. I also don't think that Picard would kill any of these people. Well, I know, um, but <laughs> I've always that's not so, an option. So I've always <laughs> had such a big problem, like personally, like 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 uh, in 
personal comfort with playing fuck Mary kill because of the kill part. Because I'm like, I don't want to kill anyone. How about friends? He gets to Can stay we, friends oh with yeah. somebody. Can we do that instead? Fuck Mary or friend zone. Friend zone. Uh, and and then then my answer is still the same. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna put Kamala in the friend zone because okay. and then and then put Vosh uh, sleeping. Um, yeah. That's sleeping with. I mean, that's ambitious. I mean, Kamala, according to this episode, has some pretty intense pheromones. Yeah, but it was because she was like, I don't know. She was trying to catch. She was trying to catch someone. Because that's, like, that's what women do. We're trying to we're just trying to catch people with our pheromones. Well, she's like, I came out of my egg too early. I'm, I'm still <laughs> cooking. And all my pheromones are acting like, <laughs> woo. And, Rom yeah. messed everything up and uh, cracked my egg open too early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, in conclusion, I would just like to say uh, it's Beverly. It's it's yeah. Beverly and it's always been Beverly. Which they, they do get married, but they get divorced, at least in the last episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would I would love it if Beverly Crusher got to come back to Picard. Because, I, I mean, obviously Picard needs to be its own thing and not just like a fan service thing. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, where are, where did everyone go? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I, I it's it's hard to not want everyone to come back. Well, I say if we can't get, you know, we can't get Nella Darren. Um, I don't know. It could be fun to bring Vash back since we're that talking about fun. it. That would I, I want to see her pop up for even one episode where it's like, I have an old friend who can help us out, you know, or. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that and would she's be... still up to her wily ways. And yeah, they have yeah. some nice sexual tension and banter. And then, you know, she goes on her merry way. But well, like, that, to, that yeah, to have fun. her to have her pop up in sort of a Philippa Lavoie capacity. You know, exactly. Yeah. 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 Where it's just like, you are one <laughs> sexy motherfucker. And he's like, I know. So are you. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, let me get this thing. Let me get this thing that you need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. Find us in the collective at into the wormhole dot show on Instagram at into the wormhole dot podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. Yeah, I hope people have cosplayed as Captain Picard on Ryza with his little silver bathing suit yes. shorts. Yes. There are very few people that can pull off a really, really super low v-neck. One of them is Jennifer Lopez and the <laughs> other is Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>